Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and welcome to episode three of Kuruna Tuhaf. Uh, today I have a special guest with me. Um, and before I before she before we dive any deeper into anything about her, I'm gonna allow her to introduce herself, uh, where what you do, where you're from, and who you are. Inshallah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, assalamu alaikum. My name is Amina Abu Zaid. Uh, I am a Libyan poet and writer from the UK. Um, I also have a separate career in translation and communications. Um, so I write in a sort of varied poetic style, different topics, um, not necessarily following like one specific checklist or fitting one mold in both Arabic and English. Um, although you could say that my first love or sort of initial writing experience um, will always revolve around Libya and uh, my cultural experiences. Cool. So yeah. So how did, how did poetry become a part of your life? Um, so my sort of passion for writing definitely started when I was very young, even though that does sound quite cliche. Um, my granddad, my mum's father was an avid reader and all around creative Allah Rahma. Um, so my mum would tell me stories of how he would come to visit us in the UK when I was maybe like two years old um, sort of carrying paintbrushes and colouring pencils. And he'd play and paint with us. Um, my mom also used to write poetry herself. And so I believe my creative streak is definitely generational in that sense. Um, so inshallah, I'll be able to pass it down myself. Inshallah. Inshallah. So where did you, where did it come into your life exactly? Like it started from when you were a child, but where did, where in your life, like I said, in Lazim Tikbi or Lazim Abdiri Haja creative? So Throughout so my school life, I had other interests, like all mainly creative, like photography or painting. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, those took a backseat. Um, and so I would, I would always have writing on the side. Um, but yeah, I carried my writing with me all through school and university. Um, I picked it up more after uni. Um, so, so branching out into spoken word, longer pieces of writing that helped me develop my confidence. But um, I've always like I can't pinpoint one specific time like a specific situation that happened to me and I sort of thought okay I need to vent I need to write that down um it's always sort of been there if that makes sense um I've always I've always sort of had it on the side literally as as long as I can remember um so yeah so writing was always your strong suit pretty much yeah yes 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 100% although like sorry yeah um so in GCSE um so in middle school, I, I sort of, I never really liked English, like most um, sort of young teenagers, students, like they hate writing essays and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was always sort of that kid. Um, I wasn't really into English, but alhamdulillah, I had a really good teacher who sort of always encouraged me. And you know how teachers always pick on the quiet students. Um, he was never that, like he, he would never sort of pick on me. He'd always sort of quietly encourage me and be like, you know what? she's quiet but that's how she's flourishing that's how she's thriving like that's her strong suit that's so I think that really helped me um find my love for like writing and um yeah that's how I sort of branched out after that so what's what's your process when when for your poetry like how do you come up with your words how does everything come about into a poem 
Um, there isn't really one single sort of rigid process for me to gather words. Um, it's always changing. So usually I'm, I have to be in a quiet space. I'm either reading or thinking about not necessarily personal situation, but like something that's either happened to me or that I've read, uh, maybe sometimes something political. Um, and I just start writing. So I don't, I never stop to edit. Whatever comes to my head, I just put it down. And sometimes actually most of the time it won't make sense whatsoever. But I come back to it the day after or a few hours later and I just sort of piece it together. Um, other times I literally just write one line and I give up. Like it's it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. Like it's sometimes one word is enough or a couple words is enough, right? Yeah, literally. Yeah. Is it is it difficult, do you feel, when putting different things together? Well, like hasbil maldor. Uh, definitely has been Maldor. Um, um, sometimes, like, it's, it's quite difficult to answer that because I'm not necessarily, like, topic-oriented. topic, topic oriented. Like, right. I literally write whatever comes to my head. Um, and sometimes it depends on my mood. Like, I'll be in a good mood and I'll be like, okay, I want to write something a bit more uplifting. Um, and it, like I said, the words, like, I could be in the mood to write, but the words won't come to me straight away. So I'd have to do sort of anything like I'd have to like pick up a book or like water my plants or like go outside and take a walk like or talk to someone to sort of build that inspiration um so yeah it, it literally it depends on the moment on the situation yeah so leading on to the next question what are some of your inspirations like you you read some things you see some things um is it mostly emotion based when it comes to inspiration or um, I mean, yeah, poetry is a very sort of um, emotional uh, genre, I believe, but right. um, it's not it's not always the case. So I like to be inspired by my surroundings. So um, it's not necessarily something I read. So it could be like people I'm interacting with, daily routines, like I said. Um, so everything is my muse in that sense. But um, so I think I, I think my sort of main inspiration going back to how I started this journey is um, me recognizing that, that there's not a lot of known young, young Libyan poets who are also women mm-hmm. and I sort of wanted to use that creative space to encourage a breakdown of like dated conventions and be introduced to like a bigger talent pool and hopefully be a part of that talent pool right. um, of up, up and coming writers so I think that's what really pushed and motivated me to sort of keep writing um, and to not be silenced or not like quite in my voice just to fit into a certain mold um so yeah are you finding difficulties finding inspiration now with the world being as it is with covid whether i mean in terms of the current climate like um the political landscape sort of fuels me if that makes sense it's sort of mm-hmm. what's what inspires me to write um in terms of whether it's sort of writing about the mashakil isairat, well, just looking at the opposite spectrum of that, so looking at the positives and just sort of trying to not necessarily defer from the situation, but to to try to look get people to look at the, you know, the positive side of things. And um, like, for example, um, in the mashakil, like in the political climate that's happening in Libya right now, it's, it's sort of... Um, it's sort of important for me to talk about that yes but also right. to show like the richness of Libyan heritage and you know to, to to talk yeah to talk about our history and all of that um 
so yeah in in terms of like my creative flow during during the pandemic it's definitely you know my writing definitely took a hit and it took quite a toll on me as well um because I felt like I was building I was literally in that space in that moment of time where I was building momentum and I felt like I had finally reached a, like a strong place with my writing so for a while I was like feeling uninspired but um I think I had to sort of keep reminding myself that it, this was just a temporary pause and to just keep doing what I do um, and just connecting with loved ones and doing all of those um, kind of things that sort of remind me of why I started this journey to begin with. Do you, what, are, what are some difficulties, like leading on to that, what are some difficulties you feel that you face as a writer, whether it be through your blog or through your poetry? Um, I think getting my message across tends to be a worry of mine a lot of the time like whether my readers will understand what I'm writing and then sort of leading on from that like how to break down that barrier um which sort of hinders my writing process a little bit um but I think at the same time the wonderful thing about poetry is that it is quite abstract and ambiguous in meaning like there isn't one simple answer or impression to be taken away so each person that reads my poem will have their individual view um I think I like the fact that the writer's sort of reasoning behind their writing and thought process is sort of like a private affair and they can choose to keep it to themselves if they wish or they can choose to share it. Um, right. But yeah, I think I think um, my like sending a certain message and people not quite grasping it is sort of a worry maybe of other writers as well. Yeah, like when I go and I, I try to look for questions through your writing and yeah. I found it like it was very like that's usually with poetry most of the time yeah um, that, like that's one thing that I've realized that there's no common theme between all of your writing it's more yeah. of like every day you know yeah um do you feel like it was difficult to um, bring Libya and Libyan culture into your writing? Oh, definitely not easy. Um, I think my relationship with Libyan culture, um, our Libyan culture is very beautiful, but also it's it's real and important to say that it's a complicated one. Um, so I'm always torn between writing from a political perspective, like I said earlier, or sharing. So sharing my dual identity experiences, mm -hmm. discussing the revolution and its aftermath, or focusing on the positive aspects of our um, culture. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, like I said, I've come to terms with the fact that it's okay to do both. Like, you can shed light on the forgotten stories and the individuals that have sacrificed their lives for their country, but to also include sort of the music, the clothing, the language, um, everything that keeps us grounded when we're so far away. Um, so I wrote a post a while back on my blog about Al Badl Al Kibira and sort of my very personal and special connection wearing it on my wedding. And I think mm -hmm. having that and then having um, sort of, you know, a poem or a piece about, you know, even though I didn't necessarily go through the struggle of, you know, living through the revolution, I've sort of, I've heard stories from my loved ones and I've witnessed them sort of struggle and suffer and the pain is like unmeasurable. So I think having both sides of that and sharing that world is, is 
it's all it's always difficult to speak on that especially when you're sort of part of the diaspora but mm-hmm. um especially it's especially difficult when you have loved ones living in that um situation and putting that into words is never easy especially when you go back and see it for yourself exactly yes like you're from Masrata, i'm from Masrata too so like like seeing the aftermath it, it hits different like there's you can't really put it into words there's there's emotions that you can't really express even as much as how good you are in writing there's some things that are just okay. very very difficult it's so painful and like like you said like as much as i'd want to like i have like created um pieces on the revolution in the past and i've just scrapped them or put them in the bin because i was like that doesn't do it justice like half mm-hmm. the things that i want to say i can't put down on paper right do you have to see it for yourself? Doesn't test it, sure. Brohak. One hundred percent, yes. So, how important is it for you to use writing as a tool for self-expression? Or how is, like, how does that mean to? Or how is writing? What does writing as a tool mean to you? Um. So, back when the sort of the whole coronavirus pandemic started um because every, you know it was like an international lockdown everyone was stuck inside um so that alone is you know it took a toll on a lot of people's like mental well-being um but i think sort of adapting with that and adjusting with that and then sort of finding you know small things in my daily routine to just um enjoy the only thing that I kept sort of returning to or one of them you know one of the few things was my writing because it was the only thing that I could sort of rely on and I needed to then or just give my thoughts and escape when I struggled to express them out loud so I know it might not sound like it since I, I probably sound like I'm talking a lot but I'm not <laughs> sort of I'm not like a speaker I'm more of a writer mm-hmm. and if I'm put in a situation where I'm not prepared um it's not like it has struggled to come up like with the right words if that makes sense so having having my writing there is 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 very important um and it's helped me through a lot of situations yeah do you feel it's easier to express yourself in writing in arabic will always be my favorite form of expression um yeah because it's definitely not easy like even though we've sort of as children alhamdulillah we are raised to love the arabic language both for the quran and for conversational use mm-hmm. um but it's still not easy sort of because we've we've you know we've grown up in a, in a foreign environment where english is literally like shoved down our throats um it's it, it's not just english language by the way english history english like everything um so it's it's definitely difficult sort of writing in proper um like the arabic um the standardized arabic dialect because um it's a very beautiful but complicated language so um and that in a sense that's why i like to use it because if you notice in my recent posts i don't i haven't written or haven't have written but haven't shared it publicly like my my arabic poems and that's because I never think they're quite good enough. Like with English, I can just write it and post it. But with the Arabic um, poetry translations, it's it's sort of, it means more to me. Um, so it always has to sort of be perfected in a way. Um, so in a way, my poetry is like 
a celebration of my linguistic journey so far um, because dabbling in both languages means I stay true and connected to who I am and my mm. purpose as a Muslim living in a foreign country um, exchanging my identity or like selling out my principles to seem relatable or to fit in with the mainstream like could never be my goal like is it easier to write Libyan Arabic or Fusha is a lot easier Fusha is a lot easier um, I think I struggle to sort of speak Libyan Arabic never mind write it um, but I have I have read um, like a lot of um, books by poetry by Libyan writers and sort of um, not not just sort of Arabic writers but just Libyan poets and and like I said that's sort of what I got from my granddad like I remember going to Libya and just going through his like books and he had so many like oldies like so many old um that, that probably a lot of people don't know exist um and that's I think why another reason why I treasure my culture so much do you find are you finding it difficult juggling being a mother and finding creative outlets um I think that's an interesting question because I think my creative difficulties are not necessarily always bound to motherhood so mm-hmm. it's always like a combination of things, um, especially when when you factor in national lockdown, like you mentioned. Um, although getting accustomed to like a new routine did definitely slow things down a little. Um, but yeah, I think finding the time is also important to do whatever, like not necessarily just my creative sort of, um, not for my creative journey, just for my creative journey, but um, I think to Sometimes. adjust and adapt. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just find the balance to sort of enjoy my new journey, but still stay connected with my old one, if that makes sense. So my old writing and all and everything that I've sort of gotten so used to before having a child, alhamdulillah, um, and now sort of having this whole new beautiful but chaotic sort of um, journey where I'm not, I can't really pinpoint, you know, how to manage my time or, you know, a checklist or a to-do list is non-existent. Like, I, I cannot do that anymore. So I think it's it's literally all about adjusting and adapting. Do you find, like, you changed your style of writing? Well, uh, like, شخصيت, your writing personality has changed since having a child? Well, uh, no, definitely. My identity as a whole has, has changed. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing um, when it comes to motherhood, I think. Um, change is sort of attached to the definition of being a mother um, but it's it's definitely it's definitely sort of I had to take a backseat from writing for a while I mentioned in my new blog post that I've written recently and right. um, I sort of struggled for inspiration um, but I wasn't and I'm still not sure if that's sort of because I've just had a baby or because it's you know on my regular days before I was a um, a mom I've you know I've struggled for inspiration on normal days on regular days um so I think it was like I said it's like a combination um of factors um but yeah some days you know it's a it's a strain and I feel guilty for not being able to do everything at once and that's when I know you know I have to take a step back um and just enjoy what I already have um, I'd actually dedicated a new poem I'd written to my daughter. This, yeah, I read this that may, Yeah, this may be biased on my part, but it's definitely a favorite of mine. <laughs> um, but um, so yeah, it's it's not necessarily that my inspiration sort of stopped or 
you know my creativity is, um took a pause but it's it's just um me finding the 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 time to sort of be motivated and try to do everything I love whilst being with the ones I love and um yeah inshallah inshallah it gets easier inshallah yeah, that one is really really beautiful uh, and you you have a typewriter right as well and then you just write it on there and then because yeah, yeah. it, it, looked... it just makes me feel like a real writer <laughs> was was finding a typewriter easy or was that oh I, okay so this is a whole story of having typewriter so i i bought it literally years ago um i want to say i was like um oh i can't remember but i was maybe like in my early teenage years like 15 16 um and i just got it off ebay literally i just bought it on a whim i'm i wasn't even particularly like a, a passionate writer back then i was more into the aesthetic of it more than anything um so i got it and i was like you know what like maybe I'll use it maybe I won't um but I just like the look of it essentially and it's subhanallah it was literally the sort of I think a couple years after um I've completely forgotten about the typewriter and I think I had a I had a project in school or college or something like that where like sort of to do with like um vintage writing and just um basically building up um, my writing again I had to sort of dig it out and I was like you know what this has to be a sign um, so yeah I've literally I've used it since just for drafts and I found that actually using it like it puts me in a certain mental space and I'm actually inspired as I'm writing even if it's just a draft and I end up scrapping it later on like it's yeah it's definitely it's very special for me what ink does it use like I'm actually very curious as to like how okay. do you, how does everything come about in that in that typewriter? So I'm not. I use a typewriter, but I'm not like an expert, right? <laughs> at like everything typewriter, but it does use a certain um, like a spool. So it's like a spool of ink that you just um, fit into the. So you open it up and you fit it into the typewriter, like two sort of disc shaped um, inks. And so as you as you type each letter. Um, it's it just moves to the yeah, side yeah yeah exactly and then so, you gotta push um, it back in yeah so i had to i had to like youtube a whole you know tutorial on how to use it um in the beginning but but yeah where do you find the ink on ebay as well yeah yeah most of the time on ebay because i think the one the typewriter that i have it's, it's called an erica it's sort of a very very dated one and um the specific model like doesn't take um sort of any ink so it's quite a graph trying to trying to find it, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, have you ever felt the lack of connection or the sense and intimacy by identity crisis? like part of diaspora, and we're also double shafra. <laughs> like Aishin Maben Alaman, pretty much have you ever felt that way um i think yeah like you said most of us living abroad have felt the struggle at least once growing up um it's difficult feeling the alienation literally wherever you go so either i'm not british enough or not libyan enough in you know in someone's eyes um but yeah writing has helped me navigate 
my feelings about identity in the sense that I've sort of found the meaning of home to be very broad and interconnected. Um, one poem I wrote like a while back that still sits quite heavy with me, if you don't mind, I'll just quickly read it to you. Um, so to whom do I speak when my words are tied a little? My faith found a resting place so my loss can soar to reach the sun. To where do I return when my healing starts and ends with yours? When my darkest days are a passing breeze that break your fall. So me writing that poem sort of, I think in that particular moment of time, it was like one summer, you know, I was back home at the beach, just, just sort of reflecting. And it sort of, it hit me that, you know, um, with all the sort of, um, you know, identity debates going on, it's, home can literally mean more than one thing and it's not necessarily that you're not cultured enough or you're not enlightened enough um because we can always build on that we can always build on knowledge but I think it's it's sort of important to to remember that you know you are as as cheesy as it sounds like we are our own home so I think having having you know being Libyan and having a dual nationality is sort of a struggle in itself, but then having internal struggles as well as external struggles is 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 always um, difficult to navigate. While growing up, like 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 my parents at home, they're like Arabs. <laughs> How is it like for you? Nafsa <laughs> Shay. Did they did they also tell you like they just let you be whoever you want um I think um a bit of both to be honest um they were my parents are very Libyan in that sense where you know they are sort of huge fans of tradition they're always telling us stories of especially my dad of just like um you know him growing up you know his stories as 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 a young boy what they got up to um but I think um Sorry, I've lost my train of thought. What was the question? <laughs> like, how was growing up okay. in your household? Yeah, so, um, yeah, like I said, um, Arabic, the Arabic language was installed into us um, since a very young age. So that was that. Um, um, but in terms of sort of, you know, always, always, you know, talk about tradition and sort of exercising that, it, it wasn't, it's not a large part of my childhood memory like I can't sort of remember I can you know I can remember alhamdulillah having a good childhood but not necessarily like a heavily Libyan one if that makes sense not like not not properly culture based but but I also remember you know going back home like would go every year and just sort of I'd experience that for myself instead of my parents just you know just sort of talking about yeah yeah exactly telling you the story so um so yeah I think you know having having the Arabic language there was definitely important for me I don't know how different it would have been if you know if my own dad were always sort of um talking about tradition and we were always practicing it um and there are definitely certain traditions that that we would have um sort of carried out but you know like having Asi and Bazin like that that's that's definitely mm-hmm. it has to be a part of your childhood and adulthood as you grow up but um but yeah, um, I think for me personally, uh, you know, having 
the Arabic language, I think, there or like growing up with it is proved very useful for me. And, you know, learning about my Libyan culture sort of came as I grew up, as I, you know, the Arabic language has to be learned young, but growing up from that, like I could sort of learn about Libya and, you know, connect with my roots. Um, so, yeah. Did you have many Libyan friends growing up? Um, not, not, not that many. Um, I think because we moved quite a lot when we were young, like from one city um, to city, just depending on my dad's work. Um, but but I, th- I can sort of recall a few, you know, being part of like halaqat um, and like mujtamaat and that kind of thing, like societies and stuff like that. You can, you, you, you definitely like get to know people. And it was mostly sort of like my mum's friends. And then we'd sort of hang out with the kids, like, um, yeah, so, so surprisingly, we weren't as integrated as um, as I would have liked, maybe. But um, like I said, I've picked that up as I grew up, so I've learned. And I think that's what sort of caused my maybe my introverted uh, personality a little bit. So not being sort of part of a wider Libyan community um, um, has maybe, maybe possibly led me to sort of channeling all that through my writing and... But alhamdulillah, as I, as I, as I, as I grew older, um, I've learned to seek that for myself and that's definitely developed my confidence. Do you, so you felt closer writing, uh, you felt closer to Libya and the Libyan community through your writing? Exactly, yes. Did you, was it, did you feel closer writing in Arabic or did you feel closer writing in English? Um, uh, that's a good question. Uh, okay, so I think writing in in English helped me because I'd I've been so used to you know writing in English for a long time um even though I would sort of dabble in Arabic now and again but because of you know going to an English school etc etc it's it's sort of what I've been practicing um for longer than I have been in Arabic um but I think sort of writing in English and help and having my words sort of mapped out in front of me and knowing what I am going to write, you know, not having to spend hours on it, um, sort of made more sense to me. Um, and that's what helped me feel more connected to Libya in a sense. I know it's very ironic, but it's it's because um because it came easy to me um writing in English about this certain topic, I was sort of able to express myself better. So I'd write, mm-hmm. so I'd write a short passage in English um, and then I'd sort of translate it into Arabic um but it still it still wouldn't do it justice like I had I'd have to write a whole separate Arabic poem and it still wouldn't um sort of sound as special to me because I'd sort of translated it from this English poem and it's so yeah it it was it it was a very complicated process when I was writing about Libya because um part of me does did want to sort of express myself in Arabic but um I did struggle with it um so yeah I think that's why it's also important like so to sort of teach them young as they say like teach them the Arabic language and their culture young because you know it gets more difficult as as we grow older to stay connected. That's the one thing that I'm grateful for alhamdulillah like boyomi like I was the good thing is when you live abroad in a in an area where there's a lot of Libyans to the ta'wud al-kalam like the, it becomes easier to to learn to like 
like halba hajat ta'limta just from being around the Libyan community whereas even if I learned Arabic like I went to an Islamic school pretty much my entire life yeah like in ta'limta al-din quran but I didn't learn Libyan culture and history right yeah. the only way to learn that it would be through my parents but as well as like alhamdulillah like even like after high school or during high school uh, like well actually grade 9 I didn't have Libyan friends mm-hmm. but then after that um like I moved and I had more Libyan friends growing up so it, it definitely was a blessing now that I look back at it that my parents always instilled in me that we need to be a part of our community yeah. so that we don't lose sight of who we are عشان احنا عايشين برا مش هاديما حتلقى واحد نفس التفكير you know like we have Muslim friends but like I've said on other episodes, like it's not the same. Exactly, yeah. No, 100%, yeah. Do you, um, so you've tried many creative outlets, like a, you've written, like I've seen your writing about you painting and writing and you've said it as well here. Yeah. So um, out of all the ones that you've tried, what are, what's been the easiest for you? Um, I mean, not any of them were easy, but it, I mean, I mean it takes you know, a whole different process and mind space. But I've enjoyed creating, like you said, more visual versions of my writing in the past. So whether it's like, you know, um, painting or like video-based um, forms of art, um, and uh, inshallah, I hope to continue to do so. Um, but I think, I think my favorite, you know, will always be um, the written word. I know it's like, because it's my comfort zone and even though it's never easy to break away from it um I've always liked to try new things um I'd always come back to you know writing um on paper but I think having my Instagram you know which uh, which I started quite recently like in the last year or so um having that there and starting that up um definitely opened me up to more opportunities so that's when I was able to double more in like the visual aid so you know I'd, I'd I'd be able to you know paint my words or um take videos record my words you know do a bit of spoken word pieces um but yeah so do you feel like it's easier to integrate because you're so like you're so confident in what you're writing do you feel it's easier to integrate poetry into other forms of art um uh, I'd say so yeah um I mean, it's it's not it's not always sort of been an easy method. Um, like I said, I always end up going back to, um, um, you know, writing, um, just as it as as I started it. So as a draft, like I'd start writing on paper, I always end up going back to that. Um, but I think having sort of my com- confidence develop over the years has definitely has definitely sort of made it easier and helped me out yeah and in your last or last week if I'm not mistaken you teased the project with a candle and some jewelry yeah can you talk a little bit about that Um, and how did that come about so not to share too much too soon um but inshallah yeah so this is a really exciting upcoming project I have um um, inshallah, it'll be like a jewelry co- collaboration um, with a company called Zaydouri. They so they specialize in like 
um, garments like clothing and you know jewelry accessories um, and they just write so they have a lot of the it's, it's very Arabic you know language based so they'd have like um, Arabic names printed on their um, hoodies or printed on you know home home accessories or you know accessories you wear so it's I think um, having having that collaboration and sort of reaching out and being able to connect with with a company like that sort of was really special to me because you know like I I myself sort of work in a dual language um, on a dual language platform so I think that sort of helped me uh, like be more inspired and motivate me to write in Arabic more um, but yeah inshallah um, I can't say too much about it now but yeah, it's, it's it's a very exciting project, inshallah. Do you, because of this project, can we see you do more of such projects? Hopefully, um, I'm I'm working on a few um ideas and projects right now. Um, obviously, whilst you know, still having um, whilst having a baby, um, but it's it's everything took a backseat, like I said, um. Because obviously, you know, being a mother, now, yeah, yeah, and being mother now comes first. So it's mm-hmm. it's 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 definitely been sort of a difficult difficult past few months. Um, but inshallah, I hope to you know get things back into motion soon, and um, you know, inshallah. yeah, and work more on my Instagram feed and just share more and interact more with my readers, inshallah. Because uh, there's um there's a poet. Uh, I forget his name. Mustafa the poet. He's he's Toronto based. Like he's from Canada. Yes, I believe. I he him, did yeah. the Valentino. Yeah, he did the Valentino collection. Yeah, uh, where he had spoken word on clothes. Yeah, and it looked really cool. So it's funny that you mentioned that. him actually because he's probably been sort of when I first started off my Instagram page, I hadn't really heard of him, but. Um, so I followed him when I first started my Instagram page, just looking for poets and people to follow. Um, and sort of reading his words, like it struck something in me, like his work, like his poetry. It's not, it's not always sort of political, but he sort of, he talks about people he loves and he just, um, you know, his community and that sort of struck, like it hit home a little bit. And I think that's, he, he is like literally one of, you know, the few sort of um out there artists who inspired me to you know start to build uh, my own brand that's really cool because uh they, like he's he does a lot of things like mashallah he does a lot of things yeah and i feel like as as an artist it's very difficult to dabble in a lot of things because sometimes you're just stuck in your exactly comfort zone. and i think having having you know being stuck in the comfort zone comes with a lot of risks because even though sometimes that is my personality and that's literally what, what I just want to stick to, it's important to have connections. Like it's important to branch out and talk to people and, you know, create that social circle where, um, you know, you can you can build on your creative brand or you can you can build on whatever you want to sort of venture into because, um, you know, that's the reality in, in, in today's climate. Like you can't just expect things to be handed to you. Um, and I think that's what I'm sort of slowly learning. Like I can you know, this isn't necessarily um, just for me, um, you know, to make money out of or whatever. 
because I, I started this with a whole other perspective like I started this because doing something that I love I just want to sort of spread a message or you know make someone's day um mm-hmm. but yeah it's come I think it's come it's come to a time where you know I'd love to sort of have that international reach like I'd love for people more people to read my work and just for it to resonate with them like yes sometimes like like it may seem that people are going for profit but I also think it's that they're like depending on how you do it yeah you want to keep the same brand going even if you're making money off of it exactly like you know what I mean like you're not really tarnishing your brand by doing it in any way shape or form exactly I think it's yeah like you said it's not it's not a bad idea it's actually a, a clever one you know it's a smart way of investing your time um and and your interest to sort of have have this more than a hobby like it's 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 sort of a good business mindset if that makes sense um right so yeah so last question um what is something you'd want to explain to others uh about yourself or about your work that would um help them understand you or your poetry or your blog better um so i mentioned this just now a little bit um but i think the key thing sort of for for anyone who's reading to sort of take away from my writing is that I'm not always writing to spread a message so whether it's a personal or political one um you know I do write about my culture and I do and I do enjoy it and I write about you know not necessarily always personal situations but sometimes I like to reflect on them um but sometimes you know my poems you know I write I write my poetry with the hopes that I might you know resonate with someone who's having a bad day or to inspire like a budding writer who just really needed you know that bit of inspiration or that bit of motivation to sort of pick up that pen and start writing um so yeah I think that's 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 the main thing that that I'd like sort of to I'd like people to know essentially thank you very much I mean I really appreciate you being here today thank you for having me thank you it was a pleasure my name is Zahreddin Tegi, and this was episode 3 of season 2 of Kulna Tahaf. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.